You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Chelsea. Hey, it's Sarah. And hey, it's Grace, and I have another spooky story for you guys. This is just a really nice kind of fun break for us right now during spooky season. Just something on the lighter side. It's it's really nice. <laughs> Much more fun to research, I feel like. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I'm going to be telling you guys the uh, lore behind Devil's Road and Chad's Ford. And just to tell you a little story, I know I messaged you guys about it on the group chat when it happened, but the other morning I was sitting here researching and this place is like less than an hour from me. So Ben had just woken up and he came in and I was like, do you want to go drive an hour to this spooky road? He's like, excuse me. (laughs) And it's like raining outside and everything. I was like, do you want to go see this spooky road with me? And he's like, what's there? And I was like, nothing. It's a spooky road. road. (laughs) He's like, in this economy, you want (laughs) to drive an hour away to go see a spooky road. (laughs) I'm like, yes. Yes. And then he goes (laughs) to walk away and he looks at my document and the first paragraph looks like the state of Pennsylvania. He's like, your paragraph looks like Pennsylvania. And I was like, Ooh, spooky. And he was like, I'm leaving. Find someone else to talk about this. too." <laughs> so and she texted us. <laughs> so I obviously had to text you guys, but in this economy, so, what, what was also funny about that was I was on my way to a baby shower in Jersey and I was with our friend, Emily and we were literally passing the exit. I would get off of 22 if I was going to your house from 22. Oh, as you said, so like extra spooky, <laughs> so much spook there. <laughs> like I read that message to M and I was like, and conveniently, that's the sign for their exit. And she was like, that's weird. Yeah, that's and then pretty we just weird. moved on in conversation. <laughs> Almost as weird as a Pennsylvania shaped paragraph, you know, which is just any left aligned paragraph. Shh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just give me this. <laughs> we have too much fun with these episodes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So, for those unfamiliar with the Chad's Ford area, it is a richly historical town and it's right along the Delaware border. And there is a place called Cossert. I believe that's how you pronounce it. That's how the internet told me to pronounce it. So, back off. The internet is never wrong. It's called Cossert Road, which has been nicknamed Devil's Road. It's a narrow and winding road where the trees actually lean away from it. And I mean, I've seen pictures on people's blogs and everything. It The trees truly do lean away from it. And I've been told that even when the main light source is like in that area, it'll the trees will still lean away from the road. Is this in the weird Pennsylvania or weird U.S. book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I used that I, as I was going to say, I feel like I've, I feel like I've seen pictures of this printed in like an anthological style book. Yeah. But okay. I mean, I found it online, like the source online. I have that weird okay. Pennsylvania book, 
but it's I'm sure they printed new editions. Mine's like 20 years old. So yeah, I don't mine's pretty old. Don't know what's in there. But um, yes, it was in there. So some people say that the devil himself in a fit of rage let out an ear piercing scream down the road one night. And from then on, the trees grew away from it. I have also been that mad on Pennsylvania roads, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> These potholes and the trees oh, are like, yes. oh, my God. <laughs> also, does the devil just live in eastern PA between Hellum, the gates to hell and then now Devil's Road? We're just in like southeastern Pennsylvania. The devil just lives in Pennsylvania, and that's why the roads are so bad. He's always breaking up Fair. out of it. <laughs> he is Centralia. Yeah, exactly. The cent- Bring it full circle yes. from last spooky season. Yes. Okay. The devil's center is Centralia. Okay, it all makes sense now. Got Perfect. it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. The devil is here with us. So, so the surrounding area of this road is so creepy that local M. Night Shyamalan filmed parts of his movie The Village there. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. Yeah. Did not and, know that. And he's filmed other parts of his movies in places closer to me and Chelsea. But I don't think I realized he was local. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yep. So the village was filmed in a bunch of different places, but part of it was these fields along this road. I didn't love the village, by the way. Just throwing that out there. People really love it, but I wasn't into it. I like it. it. Yeah. I I watched it probably younger than I should have, but I watched (laughs) it with my best friend, Laurel. And I remember toward the end when they're in the like watchtowers and they see the creature like walk under the watchtower. And it kind of like looks up or something. You make eye contact with it or something. And I remember sitting on her loft bed. So we're elevated watching this movie. And she just screamed and threw something down on the floor. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't think I've watched the movie since. Hmm. But I just remember being way too young to watch it, watching it, and then being creeped out and throwing stuff from a loft bed. It's totally strange because I just watched a TikTok of someone like giving a review for it or something. And I was really? like, oh, I really want to watch that again. And I just saw that today and now you're mentioning it. And I'm like, damn, I really need to watch I this think, movie. I think I own it? Question mark? Okay, <laughs> like, I think movie it was in party. a $5 movie bin at some point. <laughs> See, okay, so other so people just, don't like, all like other people also think up. that it's not great. Yeah. But I mean, I know it's an older movie, but anyway, older movie. On. The first time I saw it and this makes me sound ancient, but they still have drive-in movie theaters. The first time I saw it was at yeah. a drive-in movie theater, but I'm pretty sure I was with my boyfriend and we had snuck in like Smirnoff Ices. So I probably wasn't even paying attention. So, I was loopy off of the Smirnoff so anyway sure (laughs) further into the woods off the road is a giant stone mansion some people call it a church i feel like it's either a home or a church i'm not really sure because ben would not go check it out with me so i don't know what it is (laughs) i'm i'm fairly certain it's a mansion it's a house but there's talk about like um rituals there and stuff so maybe that's where people get church from sure people also say that it has inverted cross windows which apparently is true but i don't think it's as creepy as you're thinking it's just the way that windows were made inverted crosses are also not satanic a lot of people confuse it and think that an inverted cross is 
like of Satan and is horrible. Um, it's actually, and I'm going to mess this up now cause I've, I've heard it, but I've never researched it in depth. It's a reference to, I think Peter, but I, I think it's a reference to the way that Peter died. Um, in it, like, it's actually a, a measure of faith or something. I'd have to look it up, but the, the common thought that inverted crosses are like anti-Christian or anti-good that they're satanic or horrible um, is not actually. I actually didn't true. know that. Maybe that's some sort of like Hollywood trope because I know, like in The Exorcist, you see like upside down crosses and stuff. Oh, so, you see it in a ton of horror movies, a ton. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that's just a Hollywood it's the cross thing. of Saint Peter, the upside down cross, okay. the inverted cross is the cross of Saint Peter. Hmm, interesting. I mean, that wouldn't be the first thing that Hollywood screwed up. So. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, biblically, that's how it's described. Like there are biblical references that explain that. So, I mean, if you also don't believe in the Bible, then you're not going to believe in that sure. explanation. Sure. So there's a little bit of that that goes into it too. Yeah. Thanks. I had no idea. Actually, I was just like, Ooh, spooky upside down cross. I think part of it is being an English teacher. I try to stay up to date on what different symbols mean. Fair. My kids ask me all the time. <laughs> Mrs. Letterman, it's, what's an upside down cross? Why is Satan in my okay, bedroom? Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> Why is Satan in my bedroom? Good gravy. Uh, so that house was said to have been owned by the allegedly incestuous, maybe not so allegedly, uh, DuPont family. And okay. they were a prominent family in Pennsylvania involved in the chemical industry. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about them in a little bit. It is nicknamed the cult house and is, like I said, had the inverted cross-shaped windows and the trees that line Devil's Road are also leaning away from the house. So there's that. There are rumors of satanic cults or even the KKK performing rituals there, which is... I feel like the KKK might be more terrifying than... Honestly, <laughs> yeah. But that's just me. Maybe that just sounds more real to me. Uh, there was once a tree whose exposed roots formed the perfect shape of a human skull. And I actually do have um, some pictures of that where it said that human sacrifices have been buried, but it may no longer be there. But you don't know because Ben wouldn't go. Yeah, with you, exactly. So. How the hell am I going to know? <laughs> it's all Ben's fault. Actually, Chelsea and I are going to the Bates Motel in Glen Mills at some point this month, and that's actually very close to Chad's Ford. So you'll have to just swing down, take her kid on this haunted road by. and go figure it out. I actually I have to be in Chad's Ford for something. You mentioned it. And that's why I was like, it's not an hour away because I committed to something there. I can't yeah. remember what. And then when you told me it's an hour, I'm like, <laughs> damn, I shouldn't have committed to whatever I did. I have no idea. But I remember it's like because I remember the city Chad's Ford, but I can't remember what we're doing there. I think if you really book it, you could make it there in 50 minutes. <laughs> So locals grew tired of tourists constantly driving the road and attempting to trespass on private property. So there's no stopping and no trespassing signs uh, posted everywhere. And actually, 
at least the main street sign, because there is a way to get to it off of Route 100, which is a major road. At least that street sign, I believe, was removed so that it would be harder for people to find it because locals are just like, please leave us alone. And the sure. like I said, the road is really narrow. It's a two way right. street, but basically one of those that's only big enough for like one car to pass. So you can imagine yeah. if there's like tourists, especially like going slow, trying to you know, see things, it's, it's probably very annoying. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I think that that skull tree may have been removed just so people would stop coming to see it, but sure, not confirmed at the beginning of the road. I'm not sure at what end, but there are two arrow shaped pickets known as the gates of hell. I only saw that some of these Things that I'm saying, I only saw in one source. So I'm really just sure. like synthesizing it all together. But these are the gates of hell, apparently. Visitors have discovered piles of dead animals. One of them reported a pile of raccoons who had been completely gutted, which is Cute. terrifying. And what's sad to think is what if that was also some other tourist just trying to add to the creep factor? Like, Ooh, what if people like are that. going there and it's yeah. kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost and i don't know so that's creepy in itself please don't yeah. do that a lot of people have reported markings on rocks and trees along the road such as the number 666 pentagrams and other disturbing imagery this also could be chalked up to other visitors trying to add to the spook factor so who knows how those markings actually got there because um, right. there are pictures of it but the question is, why are they there? Sure. Uh, many have reported being chased away by either a red pickup truck or a black SUV. I want to be that person in the neighborhood. Yeah. That just sits around in the truck. And when people come, I just like rev the engine at them and make them leave. Exactly. So a black <laughs> SUV could definitely be police <laughs> because sure, of these sure. trespassers. Great. And... It could be security guards, as we'll see from one source's description of their visit. There is a guardhouse on the grounds of the okay. mansion. Uh, a number of people report having a difficult time finding the mansion slash church slash cult house, but some don't seem to have a problem at all. I guess maybe it depends what direction you're coming from. I'm not sure, sure how far weather back conditions. From the road. Yeah. Right. And if it's you know, the middle of summer or spring, you're probably going to have a bunch of leaves on trees, whereas winter, you're not going to have that as much. That's so true. all of those sorts of things could affect it. Yeah, because one source said, you know, I couldn't even find the house. So that added to the creep factor. And one source was like, yeah, we drove on the road and we saw the house right away. So yeah, it could have something to do with that. Um, again, thanks, Ben. <laughs> I have no idea. So maybe someday maybe someday I'll way to go ben so this is a little bit of the dupont family lore that i mentioned in the beginning so i got this information from wikipedia a forbes.com profile and an article on the rake um from 2015 the dupont family was and is a very prominent family in pennsylvania it has been one of the richest families in the U.S. since the mid-19th century, uh, having founded its fortune in the gunpowder business and expanding their wealth through the chemical and automotive industries. I'm sure you 
everyone's heard of DuPont when it comes to chemical and automotive. Uh, but the family has a checkered history. I don't know if you guys remember the movie Foxcatcher. It came out a few years ago. Uh, Steve Carell was in it. So good. So good. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> um, but that was about, I forgot to look up how to say this name. John DuPont. He murdered wrestling coach Dave Schultz in 1996. Trigger warning. And this is kind of rough. In 2009, Robert H. Richards, the fourth of the DuPont family, was convicted of sexually assaulting his three-year-old daughter. What? And he served no jail time. Ugh. But this is this, country. this is very well documented. I mean, he did it wow. and did not serve any jail time. Did he have to be listed wow. as a Jesus. sex offender? Yeah. Yeah, I I'm not sure. Probably not. All that money can make things go away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the article where I read that definitely speculated that that could have something to do with it. And I would 100 percent believe that. Sadly, he was also accused by his ex-wife in 2014 of molesting their toddler son. He's disgusting. Yeah. But that second jackass, this John Eleuther, I don't even care what his last name actually is, is... Sadly, leads me into the rumors that the DuPont family was incestuous, allegedly in order to keep their wealth within the family. And this leads to the logical conclusion that there were quite a few products of inbreeding that the family was rumored to have kept hidden. So. Right. And this was just a quote from, I believe, the Rake article that says you can't marry your first cousin cautions. Uh, one of the characters in Neil Simon's 1982 play Brighton Beach Memoirs, you get babies with nine heads. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm like, okay. I uh, I don't know if I mean I don't know a lot about inbreeding, but there's um a family that's inbred like super heavily down in the south, and their skin is actually blue because of their inbreeding. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, and I don't go into it here because that's not what my story is about, but one of these articles that I read kind of goes into how it... I don't think they were trying to be pro-incest, but some of the pros to inbreeding, like when it comes to like physical characteristics or yeah stuff like that, like pros of... I'm like, I'm not really going to get into that. Just kind of weirds me out but i guess physically there are some things that are better pure well it makes me think like how was it being handled were they able to choose who they wanted to or was this like oh they're setting up these type of marriages and you know i don't know yeah it doesn't it doesn't seem based on what that second account described that you mentioned earlier that this was um like cousins that were attracted or willing participants it it seems like it was a lot more sinister than that unfortunately but they have got to have so much money and sometimes i don't think people understand the difference between a million to a billion the drastic drastic difference i mean it is i i I don't know i saw a visual and it was so well put together for you to wrap your mind around it the Mm -hmm. difference between a million and a billion and honestly you're not living forever what the shit what are you gonna do with all that money yeah Yeah. like yeah you can marry outside of your own family i think (laughs) it's gonna be okay (laughs) yeah and still have tons of money i don't know Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So this is interesting. As Pierre Samuel DuPont, patriarch of the American clan, pronounced back in the 19th century, quote, the marriages that I should prefer for our colony would be between the cousins. In that way, we should be sure of honesty of soul and purity of blood, end quote. So he got his wish and then some with seven inner cousin marriages following over the next few decades. So it's not so much alleged incest. It did happen. Right. Um, and this is just a really Oof. weird um, note. DuPont, the company, went on to invent Teflon. Perhaps, and it says, perhaps in an effort to prove that even the most unsavory of impressions needn't stick around forever. <laughs> Oh my god. I was like, oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Oh. I wonder if they have part in like the DuPont hospitals um right over in uh Delaware. Probably. Potentially. Yeah. I mean that's big business, medical, so would oh, not yeah, surprise absolutely. me at all. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, obviously, like, we're nowhere near, like, the elites in our society of our country or whatever. But, like, don't, I don't understand how people can just turn a blind eye to that kind of disgusting behavior or actions. I don't know. I just don't know how people can turn. Why would I want to be associated with something like that? I don't know. I think it's weird. The wealthy always did You'd it. like to think that no amount of money would make you want to associate with someone that did such disgusting things. But they probably also have, like, influence and stuff. I just yeah. I don't get it. Don't get it. I know. So, okay, now we'll talk about something maybe away from incest a little bit. But it is another family. Um, this is about the Johnston gang. And a lot of this is from radio station WJBR's The Actual Truth About Devil's Road in Chadsford uh, by Hollywood Kyle <laughs> is the name. So... The actual truth of Devil's Road begins with a family known as the Johnstons. Bruce Alfred Johnston Sr., uh, who was born in 1939, was the leader of this gang that became the most notorious gang in the history of Pennsylvania. I've never heard of them, but as we see like what they did, I can't believe I've never heard of them. It all began in the 1960s and came to an abrupt end in 1978 when his own son testified against him. Huh. Uh, fun fact, a 1986 film at close range is loosely based on the Johnstons and a retired police officer of the area stated nothing in my experience ever compared to what they were. They were damn good at what they did. Ooh. Yeah. So here's just a sample of the crimes this gang committed. They stole $33,000 worth of items from a shop in Dutch Wonderland in 1971. And this is $33,000 in 1971. And also, yes, why Dutch Wonderland? <laughs> like, what are you getting there? What are you using with that merchandise? Yeah, it seemed like a and souvenir shop. So, like, you're stealing it snow globes and shot glasses? <laughs> Right, like items from a shop. Does Dutch Wonderland sell shot glasses? Maybe in 1971, children's oh, well, shot glasses. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, were they selling houses to go? I'm a little confused. I I don't know. Goodness gracious. I couldn't even imagine a gift shop or like one of those shops in those types of places having that much. I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> no. today because that's so expensive. But back then, yeah. 
that's what i was thinking yeah thirty three thousand dollars is like one and a half hershey park tickets right now i think no (laughs) holy cow um but this became known as the worst burglary to ever happen to the theme park and i mean i hope so i hope that afterwards you may be like right got some better security and sure locked your uh knickknack shop well and also just good that there was never anything more than $33,000 stolen from them. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Like, Dutch Wonderland, what is going on? <laughs> uh, the gang also stole tens of thousands of dollars worth of Oriental rugs, jewelry, furs, and tractors because it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> How do you steal things that big and not get caught? I don't know. I think, honestly, that um, police officer was right. Like, they were so good at what they did. It was like a well oiled machine. That's amazing. I'm just confused. Why didn't they go after Hershey Park? Considering they have all the candy. I mean, what are you getting at Dutch Wonderland? I can't let it go. <laughs> they got- I'm going to go with location on that one, probably. But it's kind of, they're close together, I think, aren't they? Dutch Wonderland and Hershey? They're not super far apart, but also you have like... Wait, am I, I thinking about that other theme park that's all like wooden and you can camp there? Is that what I'm thinking that's of? Kenobles. Oh, that's Knobles. That's okay. Knobles. I'm confused. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's too many of them. I mean, a lot Knobles of them... Knobles are... is northeastern PA-ish. Is... Central northeast. That's more toward the Bloomsburg area. Yeah. I'm so off. Elysburg. So sorry. But I mean, a lot of them are like off the turnpike, but I don't know how sophisticated yeah. the turnpike was in 1971. And, That's you true. know, I, I will say Hershey Park is about a 10 minute drive from my house. Dutch Wonderland is over an hour. Oh, I'm really. So, off. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Ignore me. You are. Totally I guess fine. they had their reasons because they were good at what they did. <laughs> In April 1977, the gang had stolen cigarettes and transported them successfully across state lines. The amount of stolen cigarettes totaled almost $22,000. Oh, my God. (laughs) They had to have, like, impersonated employees or something and just... I mean, taking truckloads of stuff. I didn't list all the names here, but in the sources, there were a fair amount of them. So I'm guessing okay. they just worked really well together. Um, I don't know. It's like an Ocean's Eleven deal. Like, holy cow. Yeah. Like Ocean's 784. Basically. The next month after that, three of the brothers burgled Longwood Gardens in Chester County. They successfully stole $28,000 worth of stuff from the I gardens. I just don't understand. Holy snap. The tickets <laughs> today aren't even that expensive. And why are you, I mean, how would you ever have that much money in a day? <gasps> I don't even understand exactly what they stole. I'm sure there's some very like rare plants and stuff at Longwood, oh, but Oh my goodness, there was a story. Someone tried to steal their like I I'm pretty sure it's at Longwood Gardens. It's like the death plant or whatever. It smells like death. It only blooms once a year. It smells yeah. like deca- decaying flesh. I'm pretty sure someone tried to steal that recently. God. Why do you desire that? They make so much yes, money. I want this. Well, I know I want this plant that smells like death. I know the center makes so much money. I'm uh, I'm like almost 100% sure it's Longwood Gardens. They make so much money just by people watching online. They don't even have admissions um, because it only blooms once and once mm. a year, I believe. Um, and a lot of people don't prefer to be there in person because it smells like rotting flesh. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, the DuPonts are associated with Longwood Gardens as well. Really? Yeah. So kind of full circle. And as for me, uh, one of my ex-boyfriends used to be a security guard at Longwood Gardens. So like the thought of him, like Longwood Gardens getting like taken over by a gang while he was a security guard. I realized this was like a long time ago, but the thought makes me laugh. So let me have it. Um, so uh, Bruce Johnston Sr., uh, leader of the gang, convinced his son eventually to form his own gang, making his son the leader. So Bruce Jr. gathered his friends and started committing crimes like they were told. I'm not exactly sure how old Bruce Jr. was at this time, but I think he was pretty young, like still a teenager. Uh, Bruce Jr.'s gang was short-lived, and he was arrested on charges for petty crimes in Oxford, PA. He was taken to prison, and it was there that things really started to go downhill for the gang. During the summer, Bruce Jr. was imprisoned. His girlfriend, Robin Miller, had written him a letter stating that, and this is another trigger warning, uh, Bruce Sr. had raped her. Bruce Sr. had offered to take Robin to see Bruce Jr. in prison, but instead gave her some whiskey, took her to a motel, and sexually assaulted her. So enraged, Bruce Jr. spoke to the police and told them everything about the Johnston family and what they had done. So karma's a bitch. Guy was not screwing around. He was like, oh, you you want to play with me? OK, here we go. Damn. Um, the Johnston gang had become known as the Kitty Gang around Chester and Lancaster County. Bruce Jr. was being held in jail under protective custody after informing the police about the gang's activities. And of course, rumors started to spread like wildfire. So in order to silence the other potential informants the gang was dealing with, they went as far as murdering their own members. This resulted in four gang members' deaths and an attempted murder of Bruce Jr.'s 18-year-old half-brother, James. The gang members were led into an isolated field off Cossert Road in Chad's Ford, told to dig their own graves, and were killed. So that is something that actually happened along that road. After hearing about their murders, Bruce Jr. decided to sign himself out of protective custody. He is just not messing around. (laughs) He's like, I'm not staying here and watching this happen. So, but this is interesting and interesting that you brought up Hershey Park, too. He (laughs) went and spent the day with his girlfriend at Hershey Park. And there's nothing else explained about this. I don't know if he knew (laughs) that they were going to come for him eventually. And he's like, screw it. I just want to go to Hershey Park with my girlfriend and ride Chocolate World one more time. Like, I don't know. But that's where they went. Hershey Park and Chocolate World are different places. Duh. They actually are. What do you mean? They're just next to each other. Oh, my God. Hershey Park. (laughs) Hershey Park and Chocolate World are two different places. You were like calculating everything. Your eyes were just like, what? I'm like, wait, my whole life has been a lie. I've always wanted both at the same time. I see what you're saying. You do. I see what you're saying. Listen, I have to pay to park if I go to Hershey Park. I can park for free if I go to Chocolate World. So I know that they're different. Wow. I'm like that meme with the woman writing the equation in front of her. Okay. Anyway, mind blown. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway. I'm random. (laughs) So... 
when they got back from Hershey Park, they were pulling into their driveway. Um, this is Bruce Jr. and his girlfriend, Robin, when two men came out of the cornfield across the street and started firing. And I don't think this was on Cossett Road. This was somewhere else. But in August of 1978, Bruce Jr. and Robin Miller were ambushed by their uncles or his uncles, David and Norman. Robin Miller was shot in the face and killed, and she was only 15, which is why Ew. I assume that Bruce was probably pretty young as well. Bruce Jr. was shot nine times, including three times in the head, but he somehow survived and managed to get into the house and call the police. Bruce Jr. is a badass. Okay, I mean, I know he had a rough start in life, but damn. Wait, did he he totally survive it? Yeah. He went on to testify against his father and uncles and ultimately sent them all to life in prison. He meant business. That is crazy. Yeah, he's like, fuck around and find out (laughs) pretty much bruce senior died in a pennsylvania prison i'm not sure which one in 2002 at the age of 63 and the johnston family is still known as one of the most dangerous and infamous gangs in the u.s so is the connection between them and devil's road just that they were in that property that's off the road at one point yeah that's where the deaths happened Okay. And I'm assuming since okay. they d- dug their own graves, their bodies were there for a right, while. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Yes. I'm just making sure I didn't totally miss something. So that's pretty much factual, like actual information that we can back up that there were deaths in this area. So that could be where all of this stems from, even if none okay. of the other tales people are telling are true. Gotcha. So I'm just going to end with two personal accounts um, from Weird Pennsylvania. And the first one is from Dina Haber, and she actually wrote the article about this place. So it's kind of long, but I'm going to read the whole thing because it's worth it. This is someone that actually went there at least fairly recently, unlike me and can talk about it. Thanks, Ben. She says, here is my personal experience with the quote unquote cult house. She said she's been occasionally driving by the place with friends and researching its history for about seven years. So she's been by it quite a lot. The window panes actually are in the shape of inverted crosses. This seems to be not necessarily intentional. It may just be how those particular panes are shaped. The trees do grow at an extreme angle away from the house. I've never seen trees grow so off kilter before. In some places, they do seem to grow away from the main light source. This phenomena stops once you get about a quarter mile past the house. There is a guardhouse and there are red pickup trucks. They have actually followed me before on two occasions. The first was at night and the truck's lights were off. This is amazing because there's n- there are no street lights and the trees allow in no moonlight. So that's really creepy. That was me saying that, not her. <laughs> uh, she says, I couldn't understand how the driver was able to even stay on the road. Uh, I was behind it at first. The truck pulled over and waited for me to pass. It then pulled out and followed me until I was several miles from the house. I had one passenger in the car and you can imagine the state we were in. We were scared to death, but really excited, which sounds like me if I 
ever get to go to this place. <clears throat> she goes on to say the next time was also at night, but with a different friend. After we had driven past the guardhouse several times, we noticed that we were being followed by another red truck. We hadn't seen it even come onto the road. We never saw the driver's face. Again, we were followed until we were several miles from the house. Then the truck just pulled over to the side of the road. Again, the headlights were off. I have never seen anyone entering or exiting the main house or the guardhouse. I know the trucks are housed at the guardhouse because at least five are usually visible in the driveway. That's a lot of trucks to have there just as a guardhouse yeah. on this one road. The skull tree does look frighteningly like a human skull. I have never found any newspaper accounts confirming that remains of any kind were found in the tree. I have been able to find absolutely no evidence of sacrificial rites being performed during Halloween or at other times, according to local records. I have also up to this point been unsuccessful in trying to dig up deeds or any type of records of transfers for the property. I bet it's been in the family for like a super long time or something. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And this is account from a reader of Weird Pennsylvania. It says, I have been on Devil's Road numerous times, at least a hundred. Holy cow. That is numerous. <laughs> I have been up to the Devil's House, which I'm guessing is that cult house. Yeah. It says, the roof is lined with metal crows all facing in the same direction. And there is a white cement bench in the front yard with the demon's face perfectly carved onto it. And just to break away, I have not seen this in any other source. So I, I don't know how much of this is fact. Sure. People really do chase you out of there. I remember one time around 2 p.m. I was driving with one of my friends on Devil's Road and a black SUV sped up behind us, then turned into the woods. There was no dirt road or anything. I just it just turned right into the woods. Then the next thing I knew he was coming full speed right towards us. That's terrifying. I've heard that before, like in other local legends, not necessarily in Pennsylvania, but I've heard that of an idea of like a, a vehicle following you. It veers off where it shouldn't be able to go. And then it ends up in front of you coming towards you. I hate that. I hate everything about that. It's been there have been a couple episodes of listener stories from ATWWD where Em and Christine read stories along that nature i think it's from them or it was morbid listener stories yeah i'm wondering if this road is in their book about the haunted road atlas yeah. it is not oh okay it is not <laughs> i already read that book cover to cover of course you did <laughs> i have a problem so just to finish up this reader's account one time when there was a full moon i could see a fire and the outlines of about 12 to 15 people standing in a circle around it then I got chased off by two Bronco SUVs. So, I mean, who knows what's real? One of these days I'll get there and I'll let you guys know an update. <laughs> Do you know an address of the house? I'm looking at a map of Cossert Road um, and I'm just kind of following the road to look if the Google Earth image can show like the trees you know, kind of splitting. Oh um, yeah. I do have, um, pictures of that. I only I have one on the that. document. Um, but I already put a bunch that are ready to go on our, um, blog. blog and then I also okay, have cool. a couple maps. I think she wants to look at it at show. street view, right? That's what yeah. she's trying to do. Yeah. But I'm also looking for the house. I'm just being nosy on the maps. Yeah. 
I'll try to look up the You know, address. so I use Google Maps every single day uh, for my job. And you can have Google Maps, like, blur out certain things or, yes. like, not make it accessible. Yeah. Um, yes. wonder if it's, I mean, if they have a lot of money, it's probably something that they do. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is something you can do. Usually you can tell... I'm, yeah. those spots like you can at least see that they're blurred or something mm-hmm. i'm just curious about kind of the layout of it and what it looks like from the road oh and that i'm kind so of... curious like it's it's bothering me so well we can look it up but that is devil's road of chad's ford that's all we have for this episode of the keystone cold cases podcast Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by me, Grace. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. Theme music by Darren Makins. Production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.